It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back. Settle in and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. How are you doing, Heather? I'm well. How are you? You look, you look all bundled up. Is it uh, cold there in Michigan? winter and it's snowing and it's not even thanksgiving yet when we're recording uh, we got about an eighth of an inch the other day and uh, i was very excited to have some snow so it was delightful so uh this episode we're gonna do a little bit of reminiscing about uh dan hodgins who um if you're a listener to this show there's a good chance you've heard us mention him before and heard heard of, of him from other places but dan hodgins was a a early learning practitioner author presenter advocate for for the majority of his adult life, he spent uh, 30 or 40 years in the classroom and even retired down in Florida. He was spending time a couple times a week in a preschool classroom. Um, uh, he passed away uh, not too long ago. Um, and we thought we'd do a little bit of uh, a storyteller, storytelling and sharing about Dan. Um, where you want to jump in, Heather? Yeah, I mean, I think whether you've... Um heard of Dan or met him in person or come across some of his philosophy, he really has touched the early childhood world. And, and it, to me, in a lot of ways that they bring a smile <laughs> because it, he was a little irreverent as far as shaking up um, adult views of what kids really need. And um, I met Dan a couple of times, one when he came to Traverse City, Michigan, where I live and a couple other times at, at conferences. And I must say that whenever I think of Dan, I think of toilet plungers. <laughs> and this is in a good way. Um, Dan was a, a big supporter of active kids, of boys, of any kid with a lot of physical energy and a huge proponent of process art versus product. And one of uh, the signature activities he'd say is, well, get art outside and take a toilet plunger and stick it in the paint and let kids hear that squelchy sound and, and see the neat shapes that the, that the toilet plunger painting makes on paper. I know a lot of people have used this as an idea, but to me, I first heard it from Dan and so I always associate it with him. He was, he was great. Um, I, I look at him as a, I mean, we hung out a number of times. I, I didn't know him as well or as long as I'd like to. I thought we had, I thought I had another 20 or 30 years to learn from him. Uh, but, but sadly that was cut short. One of my favorite Dan experiences was uh, we were involved in kind of a 
an extended weekend training getaway kind of thing down in Florida together. And uh, there was one, I don't know, four or six hours that I spent with Dan and Lisa Murphy and 10 or 12 early learning people on a pontoon boat off of uh, off of uh, Clearwater Beach in Florida, talking early learning and swimming and having cocktails. And it was it was delightful because Dan is there in his his loud Hawaiian shirt and he was just a jovial, happy. He I mean, he modeled with adult learners what he he talked about um, in terms of what he thought early learning people should be. So he was just open and inviting and loving and accepting. And uh, and it was delightful and playful. Yes, yes. A playful adult, which is um, something a lot of people have kind of forgotten. So, yeah, he, he was he was always into the always seemed to be into the yes. And if anybody had an idea, he was he was ready to roll with it and go in in whatever direction they they seemed to to want to head. And that was that was kind of a good thing about him. One of my one of my favorite Danisms was the idea that we need to stop making moral issues out of developmental issues. In, in early learning settings and and accept that, uh, you know, that kid that's throwing stuff all the time isn't isn't trying to be bad. He's not an evil, bad, bad kid. He's a kid who's interested in throwing and and exactly. just just accepting that allows you to kind of shift your mindset and 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 change the way you engage in those situations. Absolutely. If that's the one huge thing that he brought to the whole conversation, it was it was just that, Jeff. And I think anybody who's seen one of his presentations remembers if you have a kid um, who as I say named Chris who who pushed kids all the time or um, or like to throw things, they say instead of seeing this as a bad kid, as a troublemaker, say Ask the question, what is Chris good at? Chris is good at pushing, <laughs> finding the good, finding the good in the kid and not judging them and not making it a big moral issue and finding out, you know, seeing the child as a true child and directing that what the kid needs. Maybe they just need to push something, feel big and strong, or maybe they're angry and need to get their anger out. But taking that whole label of bad kid and that judgment away, what is Chris good at? Chris is good at pushing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dad, Dan did a uh, a podcast. Um, what did he? I didn't think they they ran sixty or seventy episodes. I think um, with Amy Ahola from from Michigan as well, and uh, and they did they. I mean. Dan was fearless in the in the topics he was willing to talk about, and so they did they did episodes on on everything, swearing and masturbation, and and all of the stuff that uh, that doesn't maybe get talked about in a in a lot of early learning settings because it's it still has that taboo ness to it. And so his his I mean his his uh, shaken bones was was what he was uh, what he was always looking for uh, to have people kind of kind of quaking when they were forced to to, to face up to things and topics that that maybe were were kind of kept in the dark a lot of times was was really good and so so those episodes are still out there for people who uh who are interested in in them and i was i found it kind of humorous as i mean as humorous as you can find death and the loss of a, a mentor uh in the in the couple of weeks after after dan passed the the episode of that podcast that they did on death 
No. Uh, what, and this is this is something. This is an episode that was probably five or six years old. Was was getting all kinds of hits, and and I realized that that people were going to listen to Dan talk about death as a way of coping with 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 the loss of of Dan, and so the the idea that his his own words were kind of helping them mm-hmm. cope with with the loss uh, of him was was kind of. Uh, kind of humorous and, and meaningful and kind of sweet sounding and feeling. Yeah. And he would like that, I think. I think you know, I think he would. Yeah. Being able to comfort somebody through your own teachings that you've made a whole lifetime about. Um, he was very, as you say, accepting about who people are, who children are at that moment when they are a certain age. And uh, one of his books really focuses on boys. Um, boys changing the classroom, not the child. Yeah. And just getting that message out that, look, if, if you have boys or active kids who are causing you headaches, make some changes, but don't change the kid. The kid is doing just fine, but probably reacting against certain rules or schedules or environments that just do not make sense in their world. So change the adult um, side of things and then the child will flourish yeah yeah I, I I really appreciated Dan as a early learning trainer slash presenter slash educator as well um, in person and on on the zoom as we've been spending a lot of time over the last couple of years uh, he he was very good at bringing people in and and especially on zoom I, I did a bunch of sessions with him over over covid times and um, you know a lot of people are in their black boxes without their video turned on and are, are reluctant to engage via zoom a lot of the time and and Dan was was very good at at what was it? I don't know if it was inviting or provoking or urging. I don't know exactly. I, I, and see, that's why I wish he was still around so I could watch it another two dozen times and learn from it. But he was really drawing good at, people, at drawing, yeah. drawing people in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, he also addressed, as you said, through conferences and workshops, he addressed the adult side of things too, not just the child's needs. But I remember one um, workshop that I watched him lead and he was talking directly to the the preschool teachers and daycare workers and saying, who are your friends that support you um, to help you laugh? Who are the ones that help you when you're sad? Who are the ones that, that help you when you've got tricky um, financial or legal business that's a burden. You know, who are your people? You can't just have one friend to do it all. Who is your support system? And making people jot down who their their tribe was and who they could turn to and were they turning um, to one person for, for too many of these very different sides of themselves. So he was paying attention to the adult self as well as, as the child self. Yeah, and um, oh boy, um, I, I I talk on podcasts about not having emotions, but apparently I, I'm lying. Um, Dan was Dan was one of those those people for for me, um, and I oh boy, until until we started recording this episode, I thought I was doing okay with um, with losing him, but. Um, maybe not as good as I thought it's, it's going to be something that it's, it, 
it, it's going to be something I feel personally for for years because I mean he was he was a mentor, but he was he was also a friend and uh, and I I aspire to be half what Dan was when it comes to to the engagement in this profession and um, it's a it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. I think that he was so genuinely himself that that helped people see the genuineness in, in kids and in, in their own lives. Um, I also appreciated that he was a man in a largely female world of taking care of young children um, and was comfortable in his own skin doing that. I think that just um, helps to especially when women are trying to figure out about boys. He was yeah. sort of living embodiment that, look, I pushed people when I was a kid. I probably threw things at kids and I'm okay. Your, your sons, your boys in your classroom, your active kids, they're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're looking for more on Dan, um, and I'm, I'm very happy we did this, uh, Tamar Jacobson and I do a podcast called Early Learning Journeys, and we had Dan on and and shared um you know start with what kind of kid dan was as a as a as a as a student up through through his uh his career in early learning and uh, dan was a hippie at one time if you if you if you've known dan over the last uh 5 10 15 years you can imagine him with uh with long hippie hair back in uh back in the 60s and 70s that that happened and uh, i think we spent about just about an hour and a half with dan telling his story in his own words and so um if i I've, i'll try to re, I'll try to uh put a link to that episode in in this one if anybody wants to wants to know more about him through that yeah i think his influence for um supporting young children will will go on for for years the number of people he's touched and obviously he's touched a lot of our hearts as you said, Jeff, there's a, there's a lot of Dan out there still. There's, a, there's Dan's books, there's Dan's interviews, there's Dan's podcasts and his wisdom. So let's keep that going. Um, remember to keep the child at the heart of it. And that, as you say, as Dan said so many times, um, do not make a moral issue out of developmental issues. Hey, and also people get out there and, uh, and make the most of your life. Uh, you know, we've only got so many breaths left in us and, um, uh, you got to make the most of it. And I think that's something Dan would want to remind people of, of as well. You got to get out there and live a joyful life, which, which is something else, um, he did in, in, in most of his life. He was, he was out and he was having adventures and he was doing things he loved and uh, that's a lot better way to live than getting stuck in a a rut of ru routine and uh, and wishing you'd done things differently when uh, when time's up. Uh, that's kind of an awkward way to end a podcast, Heather. Say something <laughs> upbeat. Oh, we're just glad that Dan's been in this world and and being a mentor to so many people. So miss thanks. you, buddy. This thanks. has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back sometime with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.
This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.